Hi, this is Jordan Shively. The reason I'm dropping this in today is because I'm making a book. It's going to be a weird, comedic, fictional, horror book. It's going to have fake newspaper pages. It's going to have curses. You may never be able to put it down. It may attach to your hands. It may slowly get into your skin. You may want to eat parts of it. You may try to like tell your friends to come to a basement, and then there's just a bunch of books everywhere. Who knows what's going to happen with this book? But it's being funded right now, and you can back it at unbound.com backslash books backslash hot singles. Hi, this is Jordan Shively. And this is Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or maybe kind of dark story we've heard, and try and find the silver lining and flip it into something while, while maybe not the most positive, but will at least be productive. When we have a guest today, we have Alistair Stewart. Hi there. Would you like to tell us about yourself, Alistair? Hello, I'm Alistair. I am the co-owner, along with my partner, Marguerite Kenner, of Escape Artists Podcasts. We have four shows, Escape Pod, Pseudopod, Podcastle, and Cast of Wonders. Uh, Escape Pod does science fiction short stories. Pseudopod does horror. They also host that one. Cast of Wonders does YA, pardon me, and Podcastle does fantasy. Um, we've been Hugo nominated a couple of times, so have I. And uh, we've been active for longer than any current political administration in the West. Uh, we are knocking on our 15th year, I'm, I'm pretty certain, which is kind of amazing, given we're entirely donation-funded. When I'm not doing that, I'm also a bunch of other things. I have a pod, uh, pop culture newsletter called The Full Lid, which goes out weekly on Friday afternoons. Uh, I'm also a tabletop RPG designer and um, a professional pop cultural enthusiast which mostly involves me running up to my partner two or three times a day and going, there's this really good thing that's happened on this show that you don't watch. And uh, she has the patience of a saint. <laughs> but that's amazing you've been going for that long because I thought that fiction podcasts were this new thing that just got invented. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right laugh for that statement. <laughs> I, I have recently made my peace with the fact this is my joke now because... Um, I, I was rewatching The West Wing a little while ago, and I had completely forgotten the entire episode on Election Day, where other White House staff have paid people to come up to Josh and go, it's okay if I eat my ballot, right? No. It's okay if, if it's just like hole-punched or if I write across it sideways, right? No. And like on the 15th one, he just looks at them and goes, Toby hired you, didn't they? Didn't he? Yes. Yes, he did. Have a great day, sir. And I just, I'm, I'm all right with the fact that, that the joke I will always have is podcasts were invented by Mark Maron last Thursday, weren't they? Yes. <laughs> He's a genius. We walk in the shadow of his turbulence. It's just so amazing because even amongst the modern, like, um, revival of podcasts, it's not, he's not the newest. <laughs> Alistar, who are your guys? <laughs> who are my guys? Um, yeah, this is my, that's my Mark Maron. That's the best I could do. <laughs> I have never listened to a single Mark Marin 
podcast. Well, he, he asks everyone, who are your guys in reference to who are the comedians that influenced you? And of course it is guys. And so that's his, uh, that's his thing. So. Oh, so like, just like the gender guys. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Who are your guys? <laughs> I am, I am genuinely amazed. He has yet to be cast as Stan Lee in a movie. Really? <laughs> that's amazing. If they do like a, a bi- like bio biopic of Stan Lee, that he is the only person, right? Personally, I'm holding out for him as Stan Lee, Ruffalo as Jack Kirby. I think that would be unbelievable. <laughs> or like you know the really down and out, realistic version of Doctor Strange. Oh my god! Right, I broke my like, hands. Ah, who, <laughs> like, who break? He breaks his hands really early. I think he only was like one, he only knew like one spell. And he breaks his hands, and like he's like just like really bitter about it. Just the entire movie is Mark Maron going, "Ow!" Yeah, I, <laughs> I could have been a contender. We're, we're making magic here today, gentlemen. I'm, I'm <laughs> proud and humbled to be a part of it. What's the story you're bringing to us today? I am bringing you genuinely my favorite piece of Fortiana, which is the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Amazing. I'm aware that it sounds like it goes a certain way. Trust me, you do not see the way this is going. And uh, I, I have prepared a small clipping from FresnoB.com, if you would like me to fill you in. Bigfoot, Chupacabra, and Fresno Nightcrawler. Walking pants bring Fresno freaky fame. Filed by Carmen George, October 19th, 2018. Fresno has a lesser known claim to supernatural fame. The Fresno Nightcrawler. The mysterious being, or puppet, has re-emerged in the imaginations of many this spooky season as Halloween approaches. First spotted on video surveillance footage more than a decade ago by a Fresno resident, the Fresno Nightcrawler roughly resembles a pair of long white pants with a small head. Some consider it an alien. If the doll moves, you get rid of it. It's rule number one. (laughs) Has the doll moved? Well, the partial dolls moved. Why are you still in the house? (laughs) Which implies a pantless doll. Oh, see, this is even more disturbing now. This is great. (laughs) Others are fun urban legend and endearing addition to pop culture. Whatever it is, while not as famous as other mysterious, debatable cryptids such as Bigfoot and Chupacabra, it's amassed quite a following and growing fascination. Just as a quick sidebar, you're probably detecting a tangible note of, how can I put this, mild disgruntlement that Carmen has had to write this story. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. that, that is about to become much less mild. Uh, one video alone has more than 1.4 million views. Paranormal investigator Victor Camacho analyzed the original surveillance footage shortly after it was captured in 2007 by a frightened Fresno. You'll notice they're carefully not named. Camacho said he was contacted after the man brought the footage from his front lawn in South Fresno to television network Univision looking for answers. The video became better known in 2010 after television show Fact or Faked Paranormal Files included it in one of their episodes. The group determined the footage to be unexplainable after trying to recreate it with puppets and a child dressed in a white sheet. Hmm, the very technical way of doing it. It just, I, I, would, have, I would kill to be in that production meeting. So what do we need? We did, it, we did it with a child on a sheet. There's no other thing we could try. Like, that's the only way to do this. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> no notes. How about fishing wire and, 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 and a towel? God damn it, we've been over this. It can't be done. <laughs> Fucking Larry, we already did the kid with the sheet, all right? <laughs> just, now all I'm thinking is, is whether or not they just tried the kid with the sheet for everything. 
floating head kid with a sheet yeah Yeah, exactly yeah that's like their murderer go-to you always want to do the kid with the sheet it's a classic um the show called the mic rollers that's never made sense to a local expert on the matter michael banty founder of weird fresno since the things don't crawl they walk the walking crawlers continue to be celebrated Marketing of the mysteriousness has included Nightcrawler pins and hand-sewn Nightcrawler pillows, and there's a steady stream of new Nightcrawler artwork popping up on social media. Is this all being made by the Nightcrawler? Is is that is that the game? <laughs> I immediately just go to Nightcrawler body pillow, too. Like, this, this, la- this large, like, you know, they, they sell those pillows to put between your thighs so they don't sweat? It's like this big pair of pillow pants that you, like, curl up with and and the pants are like extra fabricy, so it's like a miniature blanket on top of that oh yeah yeah totally it's like it's a gravity blanket above legs i hope you're both making notes i am we'll, we'll, we'll be off to the patent office after this the night rulers are different from everything banty and camacho have seen before there's like a dictionary of different cryptids or strange creatures like this bigfoot and the chupacabra there's never been this before banty said and no one has really been able to determine what it is they remind banty of fairy people Camacho speculates Nightcrawlers could be an extraterrestrial insectoid, approximately three feet tall and resembling a praying mantis. Yeah, that's like the obvious extrapolation from a pair of pants. This is six different cryptids. Others see pants. <laughs> what a per- what a perfect sentence! Oh, that's my new cellar door. Others, if, if they don't see if pants. they don't have a T-shirt that says "I see pants," <laughs> then then they have fucked up. I I right I I just. Got to, got to this line in the report now. He's just like, oh, Carmen, this was late on a Friday, wasn't it? <laughs> I feel you. I truly do. Fresno resident Matthew Jacobs weighed into a Fresno Nightcrawler discussion on Twitter by saying the elusive being is just a cloth puppet on a wire, or maybe just a pair of pajama pants. This is why the kid with the sheet was done. We've been over this, Matthew. It's inexplicable. Move on. Banty is undecided on the validity of the original surveillance footage, his gut telling him one thing, his head another, but said a couple of popular videos circulated later appear to be fake. Camacho believes the first video is real. Camacho said the man who shared the video and was only identified as Jose and has since died was initially filmed talking about Oh no! without showing his face because he was so scared. He didn't even want to go out of the house, Camacho said. He stayed home for a couple of weeks. It wasn't possible that someone tried to make this video just to fool you or the TV station. Jacobs pointed to a video debunking the Nightcrawler case before talking about its enduring awesomeness. I love a good urban legend, ghost story, or bit of lore just for the entertainment and elements of culture, Jacobs wrote. In some ways, it's pretty Fresno that our local cryptid is a puppet made from pajama pants. And I don't mean that to be insulting, just about how funny Fresno can be. There have been reports of possible sightings outside the area, one as far away as Poland, but Camacho and Banty are still waiting for another video like the first. As for why Fresno, Banty joked with the Mad Scientist podcast that it's likely the city's reputation for delicious tacos. I gotta be honest, that checks out. The men debunked a claim that nightcrawlers resemble beings from local Native American legend that stems from photos shared of similar-looking wooden creatures in an unknown location. Camacho, also host of radio program Los Desvelados, that airs nationally in the US and Mexico, hopes people stay open-minded. He presented his Nightcrawler findings at a MUFON conference shortly after his investigation. Camacho left things open-ended. Could be extraterrestrial, could be elves. I don't know, he said at the end of his presentation. Whatever you want to think. 
So did they get into like if it's like straight leg or relaxed fit or like deep cut? What's the point of a presentation that ends with but you do whatever, think whatever you yeah. want. I mean, on on the one hand, you kind of have to have to salute the willingness to be open minded, but on the other, I I, I gotta you gotta feel for the for the, for the mufon talent bookers who are like, yeah, this guy will come up with some definitive answers. Comes up on stage, plays two blur, blurry YouTube videos, and then goes. Uh, and leaves. And I also like that it's like elves or pants. <laughs> Super scientific here. That has to be the, the driving force behind all future paranormal investigation shows. Is it elves? Crash or Zoom. Pants. Or was it pants? No. Twist. It was jeggings. No! We never saw this coming. Those pockets aren't real. <laughs> I love this story. I love it so much. Wonderful. I, I love it because when you see the videos and I'll, I'll, you, you, you guys have the clippings, this is what I want aliens to be like. Just like this Gumby pair of pants walking? Yes, kind of rubbish. And, and I mean, there's, there's another video of something similar in, in Yosemite because obviously park rangers get bored too. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's just, there is something about the way these things walk, which is almost certainly artificial, but at the same time, endearingly troubled it's like they're just like oh this sucks this isn't my planet i don't have arms i'm three feet tall i look like a pair of flares it's 3 a.m i'm so tired these things will either laugh at us shoot us eat us or all three i don't even know what's going on they just said make a crop circle i hate my job i just i find them very relatable and i i was thinking about this earlier the the douglas adams conservation book lost chance to see has a wonderful chapter in it where he goes to see the last, at that point, surviving groups of kakapos. And kakapos are doing much better now, which is great. Kakapos are, are rubbish. They are huge, flightless parrots who just like everybody and don't understand the whole concept of a food chain. And he said his first response when he saw one was instantly to hug it and tell it everything was going to be okay. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Like, you'd see one, and at the first, um, first off it would be terrifying, and then you'd be like, you okay, little buddy? No. Do you want a Trisket? Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I like the idea that this guy saw a pair of pants and was so scared of a pair of pants that he didn't leave his house. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't like, oh, I saw this thing with red glowing eyes and a tail. It's like, I saw a pair of slacks in fuck that shit. They, they were walking across my garden in a angle uncannily similar to that of my clothesline <laughs> and there was it was windy and i i saw them moving and not not in the wind but like the wind was there and did we just solve it it's pants hanging on a clothesline in the wind we did it case closed at one point they rippled i was so scared <laughs> but they never changed their height <laughs> <laughs> that was the uncanny part they stayed the same level but yeah, this this is genuinely one of my all-time favorite pieces of Fortiana. Because if it is otherworldly, it's otherworldly in a really kind of slightly rubbish, put its huge body-sized pants on backwards kind of way. And if it isn't, it is the most obtuse hoax I've seen. I think that like, if there is paranormal things just based upon our reality that we've experienced so far... They're going to be kind of rubbish. Exactly. Like we 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 don't get to be lucky enough to have this cool 
fey creature coming out of the woods like with antlers we're gonna get a fucking pair of pants that has a hard time walking i, I think it's it's one of the reasons why, why what we do in the shadows is so beloved the idea that instead of vampires being these deathless creatures of beauty and horror it's just someone going hello could you fix my phone for me <laughs> i can't die or pay you know <laughs> there was this comic book that i read years ago called life sucks and it was all about this guy who had got turned into a, a vampire thrall, but his master was a owner of a gas station, so he just worked at a gas station for eternity. Oh my god. <laughs> As like a shitty teen, but like, he's a vampire, so he, that's all he had. But this is my dominion. Your dominion is two rooms wide and out of coffee. I know. <laughs> Your dominion is the chip aisle. I would be okay with that, but I have very low standards sometimes when it comes to dominions. <laughs> Well, I, I did come up with a carrying into the void for this. Fantastic. The carrying into the void moment for Fresno Nightcrawlers is this. The way others see you tries to wrap its grasp around your form. Their regard slithers through the crackling static eyes of cameras and late night revelations. It would seek to form you in the image they hold for you. An image they've whispered amongst themselves so much that it doesn't matter if it in no way matches up to the blood and bones and beautiful twisting things that you formed into what you want to be, how you feel seen, not by their gaze, not by their expectations, but that quiet echoing whisper that you've only recently begun to understand yourself, that bottom of the well buried under the floorboards, clawing its way into the night air truth. The truth of you. Inevitable. Imperfectly whole. And more than enough. See, I had three, I had three reasons <laughs> what, why I, I wanted desperately to come on this show. Firstly, I'm a massive fan of the pair of you. You are two of the most articulate... Oh, come on. Hey, now. Ah. Emotionally self-aware, just gosh darn charming human beings I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. So that's options one. That, that's reasons one and two. And the third is, this show is so good, guys. It's Aww. so freaking good. You do the thing which I always respond to very strongly when it comes to horror, which is the, here is the terrible thing. Here's its edge. Here's what comes after it. You'll be okay. And you, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to say it, you've, you've got me through a couple of dark moments, precisely because of your refusal to accept there is anything that, 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 that you know, the dark moments are forever. They're just moments. Yeah. And you, you, this show regularly reminds me of that, and I am eternally in your debt for it. Aww. That, was that means a lot, because, like, Pseudopod <laughs> is a huge show for me, so, like... And you absolutely killed it on that host spot, by the way. Oh, thanks. You're so was, freaking good. I, did, I, got, I got a little bit of a chill when I said, like, the tags and stuff. <laughs> right? I still do. Um, I also, unfortunately, because it's my brain, every time I, I, I launch into the uh, We Rely On You for Donations spiel, I, I can hear Bill Bailey doing Cockney Piano at the top of it. So uh, I, I kind of <laughs> take a deep breath and Bill Bailey in my head goes, da 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 hey! And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that out loud. Or, you know, do it. But yes, um, that was amazing, Jordan. Oh, thank you. It was, it was a great fun and joy to be able to do it. I, I would not be at all surprised if we had you back a lot, because 
Superbot has this this thing that happens where someone comes on once, and then we're like, yes, you can leave, and um, you'll be back <laughs> in about in, in about three months. Well done. Yeah, I was like, we talk about um, the creative brain a lot on this show, and about how we like have a lot of self doubt and stuff. And but like when I finished listening to that episode, it was the one of the few times I've been like, oh, that sounds good. You know, like I was like, hmm, I liked it, which is which is like so weird for me like as brock knows like that anything i do i'm like oh i just made the worst piece of shit ever <laughs> this, is, this is an under exaggeration <laughs> <laughs> i i have a, a weird thing where i always associate it with speed and i can tell when i'm when i feel like i'm writing well because it it's like the murder she wrote opening credits there's jaunty piano music and my hands are flying and I can always tell when I when it feels like I'm writing badly because it takes an hour and a half to go. I enjoyed this film. It was good. <laughs> there were scenes, and that's always what I see. And I'm always tremendously relieved when Marguerite reads it back and and she goes, "No, there are sentences and ideas here. You're all right." It's like good. <laughs> I need to lie down now. Yeah, I try on Twitter not to like slam things too hard. When I see watch a movie, I don't like. I'm like, it had a. They made a decision at the end that was the decision they made. <laughs> the 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 one tweet about all the kind of Worldcon nonsense from a couple of weeks ago that that I, I genuinely looked at and went, yeah, I'm actually quite proud of how I phrased that. Was waking up to find out that the Campbell and Lovecraft had been given Hugo's for being the best dead racists, <laughs> and I just retweeted the news with, well, that's a choice. <laughs> a choice that I was even with all the history of the fuckery around these awards I was pretty shocked it is so sad you wouldn't think you would be shocked anymore about like old white dudes and sci-fi and fantasy making bad decisions but I was like whoa Lovecraft that's 2020 we gave him an award okay the idea of the retro Hugo's in principle is actually kind of brilliant because it's meant to lord award lord work that has been passed over, and everyone knows who Campbell and, Lo and Lovecraft were. Yeah, exactly. My my, my friend Cor Cora Bullock does this. It just does heroic work, digging up all the other anthologies and all the other editors at the time and, and promoting them. And, and she's actually got a couple of people on the ballot as a result. But it just it speaks to this endemic thing where science fiction in particular is the shape that John W. Campbell wanted to make it. And because it's been that way for decades, people look at him and go, yes, but he built the house. And I'm like, yes, but the walls are made of blood. Yeah. Or, or the... Well, let's not, let's not shame walls made of blood. Like, we're fans of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's too cool. It's like the walls are made of uh, dirty sponges. I agree. Let's go with, with dirty sponges. And also part of my brain now is going, yes, but walls of blood are kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're taking back walls of blood. It's not... No. That desperately needs that. to be a mug. We're taking back walls of blood, everybody. <laughs> so normally about this time, we kind of go around and we say, what have we done for self-care lately? Cool. I've done two things recently, which have both had a really noticeable effect on, on my general sense of well-being. Uh, and the first is a really stupid one, but it's one which culturally from the piece of land I'm currently standing on, people do need to be reminded of. I started drinking a lot more water. A couple of days ago, I slept for crap, and I was just pounding keys, going, I were good. And I drained my water bottle four times, and it's not small. 
And on the fourth one, it I, I swear, I almost heard the kind of power-up noise. And suddenly the rest of my brain was on. And especially in the really crappy weather we've got at the moment, it's really easy to overlook something as elemental as, am I dehydrated? And I was very dehydrated. And the moment I stopped being that, I felt a lot better. So that's the first one. And the second one, and this is, again, this I really worry this will sound a little patronizing, but it is something that, that has worked for me. Set boundaries, and set boundaries in terms of time. I need about an hour and a half rundown time after a day of work. And far too often recently, that hour and a half rundown has begun at midnight. And that's fine, in a sense, but it's also even better if it happens a little bit earlier. And the thing which I've worked really hard on is setting boundaries and being better at triaging jobs. So if it's something which has to be done today, I'll do it. If it isn't, I won't. And also actually taking some time to do a thing. I've gained tremendous relaxation and well-being from movies. And the thing which quarantine life has taught me is the movie doesn't have to be that good. It just has to be a thing that happens in front of me. And I'm averaging two or three a week now, where previously, in previous kind of quarantine months, I was doing one or two. And it's leveling me out. I'm inside someone else's story for an hour and a half, and it really helps. Yeah, as someone who just watched The Return of Swamp Thing, it doesn't have to be a great movie. It just <laughs> has to be in front of you. <laughs> Oh, that movie is a thing that people made. It's <laughs> a choice. <laughs> My self-care is admitting that this last couple of weeks I have not done any. And it's been a remarkable notice in like how depressed and anxious I am because I've allowed myself to like slide. Like there's been almost zero ritual or zero me doing the things I know I should be doing, like getting up at this time or setting this aside or only working on this during this day, which usually helps me, but I haven't been doing that because of some of it because of quarantine, but also just because I have been getting just stressed, you know, and I've noticed. So the little, the little rituals of self care make a big deal when you don't do them is my self care. <laughs> yeah. We adopted a dog. Oh, you win. Uh, you win. And Captain trips because of uh, when we got him, but also because he trips a lot. Uh, but a, a dog named after a pandemic. People were like, do you not like the dog? I'm like, no, he looks like a trips. Trip, trip, trip. Uh, he doesn't like men very much. So he's a little snappy with me. So he's smart. Uh, so we are in obedience training classes. And I've only had cats before. So this is the first time I've ever tried to train something. And I'm finding it incredibly rewarding, but also a bit bitey. So that's my thing. I haven't even seen this dog, I don't think. I'm going to go like, oh, it's a good baby. <laughs> That's like getting married and having a cat come into my life. Like I always would never verbally in the past be dismissive of people who baby talk to animals. But in my mind, I was like, I'll never do that. That's silly. Just talk to it like a human. And now I'm like, oh, my God, look at these beans. And and the the, the, the amazing thing is you actually end up doing both. You, you, you do the, oh, my God, look, look at those beans. And you find yourself walking past the cat going, sup? Or like, have you worked on your novel today? No, you haven't, right? You've just been sitting in the sun. Okay. Not at all transferring onto the cat. Um, so what did anybody have anything they want to signal boost today? The video game Carrion. That was a very good video game. I was hoping you, you, you guys would have played this. This is the one where, where you are a, a poor innocent meatwad trapped by the dreadful humans, isn't it? Yeah, you're, yes. uh, you're a crawling flesh monster that, that gets bigger the more uh, evil scientists you eat. It's wonderful. And like they give you a bunch of weird powers before the end, but nothing is better than sitting in an air vent 
and sending down one tentacle to pull someone up into it as they scream. <laughs> like, no matter what kind of spikes and like mind control they give you, nothing's better than <laughs> Oh, that sounds amazing. And it's super simple too. It's like a Switch game. And it's it's not complicated. It's just you go around and eat people. I'm so there. I'm I'm so ready to I, I finished Maneater a little while ago, and I'm, I'm so ready for another game. Just... See, that's the other one. Just in, in both of these games, you basically press one button and just go around eating people, and it's it's the exact level of brain power I have to enjoy entertainment right now. Just like this, they, they couldn't have come at a better time. These B-level B games that are just perfect. <laughs> so Maneater is worth my time? Because I was looking at that one and wondering. I had so much fun with it. I put six, seven hours in, and it was just stupid, delightful fun. <laughs> Sweet. The one recently that's been making me actually feel happy when I play it is Paper Mario, the new one. Really? Like, it's just so delightful in the, like, see, like, the paper animations and everything. It's just, like, it just makes me feel good to play. That Those are both on the list. And I, I kind of love that, that the Switch now has a variable enough back catalog that Burger with Teeth and Delightful Mario Origami can occupy the same space. That's That's really... Yeah. And they kind of occupy the same part of my synapses, too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love when the scientist screams into the darkness. Oh, I love when the bridge unfolds and it's a folded piece of paper. <laughs> Both are aesthetically pleasing. It's just one's gooey. Well, we did our signal boost. Unless, no, wait, Alistar, you didn't have signal boost something. Uh, yeah, I, I actually have two. One is um, an organization. It's uh, Oddfellow Creations, which is a business that's being run by an amazingly talented writer called Sandra Odell. And Odd, uh, what Sandra does to Oddfellow is sends these beautiful handcrafted papercraft cards. And uh, I they are not the kind of subject you would normally expect. She's just finished a Jurassic Park set. I have a fantastic Watership Down one that she sent me a couple of days ago. And it's beautiful craftsmanship. It's really nice work. And also the proceeds go to a couple of really good courses. So that, that, that would be one of them. And the other one, just in terms of, of what I am gaining a tremendous amount of, of, of joy from at the moment, is I'm finally watching Gargoyles. Oh my god. Perfect. Yes. I, I had never seen before. And um, the two the, my, my two principal kind of nexuses of joy within this show are the fact that Goliath has a lot of feelings, and not a tremendous amount else. Um, there's an episode which we just watched where he actually has the line, Xanatos tricked me into attacking the last one. And, or, and to the screen I went, Goliath and Oreo could have tricked you into attacking the last one. <laughs> but he's such a himbo. He, he so is. And he has a very good heart and an excellent wing cape. And, and also that David Xanatos is the single greatest villain in modern Western fiction. <laughs> Because he takes such relentless joy in his work. And because it's Frakes, guys, it's the man with the most inherently jaunty voice in modern television. So he can literally bounce on screen and go, I just had you killed. I love being me. Um, the, the one we just watched, they, they spent the entire episode convinced one of them has been put under a spell because he doesn't turn back into... Uh, flash at night and in reality literally all Xanatos has done is followed them, winched a life-sized sculpture of this gargoyle into place and taken the uh, the real one away to do experiments on and none of them think of it none of them think to check and I love that, I love that these characters are differently intelligent <laughs> uh, and, and I, I 
I am holding out hope for it at some point in a, a kind of contemporary 2020s Frakes returning to the role of Xanatos and, and just going, yeah, I, I run the run the world there. Would you like a pizza? Is there death in it? Yes. Yes, there is. No, thank you, David. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy when that went back on streaming because for a long time it wasn't on streaming. And there's, there's a ridiculous amount of it. I mean, the, the second season's like 50 episodes long. And it gets weird, too. It gets, like, really mythological and some some weird storylines I liked. We've we've just started hitting the, the complete works of Shakespeare period, so Macbeth's shown oh, yeah. up, and the Weird <laughs> Sisters have shown up, and I'm... Uh, Puck's happened. I'm, I'm holding out for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I'm not sure if I'm going to get my wish, but I'm in this way. Well, this has been a great episode. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you and your work? Thank you so much for having me on, chaps. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Alistair Stewart. And the best place to find me other than that is at Pseudopod, which will, if you just put Pseudopod through your podcatcher, you'll get straight to the show, or AlistairStewart.com. And there's a landing page there for the full lid, my newsletter. It's free to sign up. Awesome. Brock, you have anything you want to add? Uh, at Brock Wilbur and BrockWilbur.com and read my work at ThePitchKC.com. Uh, Jordan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Hottest Singles, um, not as weird as it sounds, and also jordanshively.com. I have a book that's currently being funded, and you can find all, the, all about that on my Twitter. It's a Hot Singles in Your Area novel with air quotes around novel. So cool. Thank everybody for coming and listening. Um, we're getting back into the swing of things, and we are so happy to be able to send out another episode into the abyss. And remember, until next time, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Carrying into the void was recorded into a well, a well no one else can see, but you hear it whispering.